3: The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael.
2: To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond
3: Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall.
2: Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars for is
0: the numbers told the story, they always do. This
3: is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on Visa. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics.
4: It is a numbers game. Good Tuesday morning to you, right here at Visa.com. The Visa app, Fubo, Link Game plus iHeartRadio YouTube TV. It's all proudly brought to you by BetMGM Nevada. It's Gil Alexander. Good morning to you. Jeff Parlay here as well. Jeffrey. How you doing, man? You good?
5: Yeah, doing all right. You're Quiet right?
4: night yesterday. Quiet. NBA, dark. NHL, dark. It's like a Broadway play that just had a night off. We got full. We are full of guests today, though. Andy McNeil to join us to preview uh, all four NHL Stanley Cup conference semis. And uh, Mark Borchard on baseball. Oh, by the way, the Long Shots crew, Brady Cannon and Wes Reynolds have rented out space on this show this morning. They paid me four million United States dollars to, uh, to rent a segment. That's the going rate on this show, $4 million per segment. I don't know if Brady gives me the four from him. If he splits it with Wes, that's their business. Uh, but they're doing uh, a segment of long shots here on the show. In hour number two, we'll have Dave Tindall on uh, with his uh, bet fair piece on uh, who he believes will win the PGA Championship and beyond how he's betting it. Brady has put me on a strict uh, a word count for that segment, Jeff, when renting the show. That's how it works. He's like, you get 10 words, Gil, that's it. So those are the rules. So I look forward to that. Uh, Paul Carr will join us. He's got midweek Premier League picks as well. And uh, your, uh, your friendly neighborhood host, Jeff, I learned something yesterday, betting-wise, which I want to get into. I had, a, uh, I, I had something, you know, I, I, you think you know everything. You don't. You're always learning. And I had something that was very basic that I couldn't understand about a parlay. Yes, I bet a parlay in December, ladies and gentlemen. Sorry. Apologize to the, uh, to the Too Cool for School crowd. But I bet a parlay. It won, but it didn't have the payout that I thought it should. And the reasons why were explained to me by uh, Jeff Stoneback yesterday, uh, who runs MGM. He uh, spent uh, 10, 15 minutes with me yesterday. Had a great time catching up with him. Um so we'll get into that. I learned a little something. Can you by the way, Jeff, let me just ask you this. Do you think you know the answer to why I was not paid exactly what I should on a parlay? Or exactly what a parlay calculator tells me I should be paid? I will I no, I will I probably won't know. I once I now that I know the answer, I feel very stupid. But we'll get into that a little later on the show. It's always a learning experience. We'll, we'll get some stuff. Uh, we begin as always on Tuesdays with our friend from NBC Sports Bet the Edge Podcast and also Dinsic Classic. The Deep Dive Podcast with Andy Molitor. He does the former with Sarah Perlman.
3: Ladies and gentlemen, it's Drew Densick. How you doing, Drew? I'm doing well. Thanks, as always, for having me. And that was a great tease. I got to tune into the later part of the show to, uh, to love learning stuff about uh, the betting space. Did you have a guess as to why that was, by the way? I mean, I'm assuming they were correlated and they took some piece, you know, some chunk out. No because of correlation. No, no, no correlation.
4: No correlation. Well, then I really don't know. Yeah, I was fascinated by it. Maybe I don't do enough parlay betting. Maybe there's, maybe there's huh. somebody out there who's like, oh, it's obvious. There's why. Anyway, we'll do that a little later on the show. Uh, I'm curious. Did you catch any of the Patrick Beverly show on ESPN all day <laughs> yesterday? Uh,
3: no, I mean, I some people sent me some of the lowlights. Uh, I did not watch them. Yeah, uh, that guy. I've had enough Patrick Beverly this year. Thanks. Yeah, it was like the verbal
4: version of his, of his uh, irritant physical yeah. version on the basketball yeah. court. But ver- verbal, just absolutely destroying a Hall of Famer, Chris Paul, or at least trying to. And then, then he got the pushback. Then the pushback inevitably came. And Matt Barnes, I think, very, uh, very clearly put it. It's like, hey, dude, you're not the guy, dude. By the way, that's why inside the NBA works, right? Shaq and Charles Barkley can say anything because they're two of the 25 best players on earth. So they can go to town, and they've got the gravitas, Patrick Beverly, not so much. Anyway, the reason I bring it up is because it's the Mavericks, not the Suns, right? The Mavericks and the Warriors, that's the game that's tomorrow night. We'll start with that one. And the Warriors are big favorites. This did come back a tick towards the Mavericks yesterday on the series price. And I'm curious if you think it's still too high on the Warriors, still teetering at the $2 mark.
3: I think it's a little bit too high. I think this is a pretty even series and two pretty even evenly matched teams. Um, nothing, you know, the, I guess if you do a kind of a, a, a little bit more of a autopsy on the sun's Mavericks series, because the game seven felt so overwhelmingly like a Suns no show, it's easy to maybe look past some of the very, very positive things you can say about the Mavericks in that series. Um, Luka Doncic is pretty clearly playing at, uh, you know, top three MB, maybe top two, uh, you know, NBA player level right now. Um, and you know, he's a guy that came into the series out of shape, you know, played his way into shape over the balance of the first, you know, first third to half of the season. Um, but by the months of March and April, if you were doing a player level handicap on, you know, for the NBA game, but game by game, um, you know, he was pretty clearly in the top three of all of the way. All players were performing. Uh, he recaptured that form in the jazz series and was absolutely masterful in that Sun series. And, um, the role players all around them for the Mavericks all did their jobs. And realistically they've assembled a team. That's, you know, that's extremely tough to match up against. There's really only, um, you know, the Clippers that you can point to and Ironically, the team that eliminated them the last two times they were in the playoffs um, as like a team that has the personnel that can go toe to toe and match up well against this Mavericks team uh, and the Warriors are going to be in for a fight. Uh, I think a lot of what you saw with the Warriors getting past the Grizzlies, um, you know, it. it was not especially convincing, honestly, Uh, you know, even that game six win where where they covered the spread in the end, um, much of the balance of that game, they looked like they were playing toe to toe with a team that uh, was completely lacking in terms of star power and, you know, really anyone to generate an offensive engine for them. And, um, and yeah, you wonder about the state of, uh, you know, Steph Curry and, and Clay Thompson in a uh, you know, you know, dogfight best of seven type of series. As the series goes on, I do think the balance tilts more in favor of the Mavericks. Um, all that goes without saying that the specific spot, the Mavericks find themselves in game one is not great. Uh, Mavericks obviously played on Sunday in a very physical, you know, you know, very emotional game seven, uh, you know, get the win, move on. Now would have to travel to San Francisco to play the warriors uh, on shorter rest relative to the Royal warriors who have gotten time to kind of recuperate after the Grizzly series. Um, so this game one is not a great spot to just dive headfirst into some Mavericks enthusiasm from what I can tell you. Um, it may be competitive. They may cover, but five feels like the correct number f- considering this situation. Uh, so I'm going to exercise a little bit of uh, of patience there. Uh, find some other way to get involved in this uh, game one, and then uh, you know try to try to fire away on some Mavericks if they reopen game two at say a five or four and a half even. I think then uh, you know then it's uh, you know bombs away on the Mavericks to uh, you know, to make this a competitive series. All right, tonight
4: the Eastern Conference Finals begin in Miami, and I've been beating this drum since the uh, since the Celtics won on Sunday because all the Celtics love. You know, justifiable on the one hand. But we have a a playoff where, you know, people justifiably gushing over Luka. The Warriors still have the championship DNA and are the most beautiful thing in sports when they're uh, at the top of their game. And, of course, the Jason Tatum-led Celtics, who are deeper than all the other teams, I believe. But there's the heat. And I just feel like, as a number one seed, they're the afterthought, at least anecdotally. In mainstream media. No one's really talking about them and they have home court here. And I just wonder if we're not going to look up at the end of this series and say to ourselves, oh, we've been the, the, the superstar that's been underrated all this time is Jimmy Butler. And so I'm curious what you think, how you're going to play this. Do you subscribe the Heat, by the way, one and a half point favorites in game one tonight. Do you subscribe to the theory of let the Heat win game one? Now it's a two point favorite we're showing. Let the Heat win game one and then come back in on the Celtics where do you stand here
3: uh I need to be I need to see the Celtics answer some more questions before I get heavily involved in them in this series and for a lot of the reasons that you pointed out Jimmy Butler certainly is playing at um you know all NBA level right now um and for what it's worth he has fewer miles logged over the balance of the season because they did a decent job of load managing him whereas the Celtics basically played everyone all minutes all series all try hard every night and at some point especially on the heels of what was an extremely physical series against the Bucks uh, may have ramifications and uh, I think all of my sentiment about the ma- you know a little bit of caution you know op- you know uh, you know Cautiously optimistic about the Mavericks. Well, I would say true, like warning signs, flashing sirens about the Celtics in game one. Um, you know, a, a one day, you know, one day rest turnaround after that level of effort in, in a series against the Bucks. I just, you know, if if there's one team that no shows in game one out of these four, it's pretty obviously going to be the Celtics in my opinion. So, um, you know, I think uh, certainly like the heat tonight in terms of just a game angle and a certain spot. Um, but, uh, over the balance of the series, the, uh, you are correct. We may look back and be like, wow, how did everyone look past the heat? Everyone except those of us who listened to a numbers game where we broke down why in the world are the heat five to one to start the playoffs to win the Eastern conference when their path to the Eastern conference finals, which they would host is so much easier than whoever comes out of the other half. Um, and yes, here you sit now and you wonder why, what is going on? Uh, has this team been completely overlooked? And I think really the answer is you may look up at towards the end of this series and think, um, this is like deja vu all over again. I'm seeing all of the same stuff, all of the same advantages that the heat had in the bubble uh, Eastern conference finals being exercised here. We have yet to see the Celtics find an answer for the zone defense that Heat that Spoelstra really likes to employ. Uh, the heat did it to them at the end of the regular season on the road. Celtics were a six point favorites, heat roll in there. Uh, and, you know, just absolutely put the clamps on them in the fourth quarter in that game. So, you know, the Celtics score 15 heat, End up winning that game by eight, and honestly, you can you could entirely convince me that that is how uh, you know this series will play out. I would I need I still need to see it to kind of make my decision one way or the other about how I'll balance my liability for this series, but certainly for Game One, I think the Heat are the right side.
4: Yeah, we also but we also brought up midway through the last series with the Heat on this show, uh, Cooper Moorhead, who wrote a great piece at NBA.com. <clears throat> pardon me, where when, once the series was two to two, how. The Sixers had in games three and four in particular just absolutely broken this season long thing that the Heat had done with team defense, just stifling their opponent in the final five seconds of shot clocks. And, you know, James Harden was able to get over that for one game, but who's going to do it for four? The Celtics ain't getting 55 open looks at a three you know, against this team. So it's going to be fascinating. We'll come back. PGA Championship and the French Open. Oh, we still got sports and bets to discuss. Next with Drew. Coming back. Numbers Game Visa the Sports Betting Network.
1: Call 800
2: 333 kia for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2 of the award-winning film podcast and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia.
3: He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny.
5: The Numbers Game with Gil Alexander on v
3: the sports betting network.
4: It is time to download the BATTA's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports, BetMGM with all your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted hot specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state-issued ID to open an account. And start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada, whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Parlay, you have uh, do you have draft lottery fever tonight? Are you pumped?
5: Oh, I did not realize until I saw multiple people tweeting about it this morning that it was tonight. And no clue.
4: The issue is always that I have with the draft lottery. You know what it is? That the actual lottery procedure takes place in a separate room just before ESPN's national broadcast. So we are forced to just believe whatever it is that they tell us are the one, two, and three, and four envelopes. I do not believe anybody, it's kind of my nature. Can we do, we can't do that on the, front. the thing is though, then I read deeper into the actual procedure as to how the envelopes get into the, the spots that they're, that they're in for the broadcast. And it is a exhaustive mathematical ping pong process that produces like a thousand and one combinations where they throw one to the side. It's this whole thing. I have no convoluted. idea. Yeah. Super boring. So yeah, maybe maybe we shouldn't have it on. Drew Dinsick rejoins us. I just want to know if it's kosher, but it's just like I started reading the the procedure. And I'm like, okay, just put them up there. I'm good. I don't need to know. As it turns out. Um, and by the way. Is there a more inexact science than drafts, as we talk about all the time? And we'll go through a little later some of the bad draft history on some of these teams. Uh, But let's talk PGA first. Southern Hills, Tulsa. I know you uh, not only bet stuff; you're in Calcutta's, You're doing all kinds of stuff with this. Um, Masters didn't go so well in that vein. I remember, if I'm not mistaken.
3: Yeah, no, I've uh, I've taken some licks in both the Masters and the Players uh, as far as the big tournaments that have come and gone this year. But uh, new life, new life. Yeah, there's more golf to play. All right, so how are you betting this? Who do you got? Uh, boy, right now I've only taken a couple of nibbles in the uh, head-to-head markets. Um, I'm showing value on a guy like and and again, like this isn't even going to sound especially sharp because if you've been paying attention to the market at all, like everybody and their mother sees value on Hideki Matsuyama. Apparently, uh, his price is absolutely cratered. Um, they opened a couple of matchups with Hideki against, uh, guys like, uh, Victor Hovland and, uh, Xander Shoffley. And like, I was high on Hideki and low on both of those players. And so, uh, at this point I've got, uh, you know, pretty strong positions on Hideki to do well and those other folks to struggle. Um, similarly, I mean, I, I look at the overall, um, you know, kind of fabric of this particular tournament and. I don't really see much of a, a crack for any of the sort of the longer shots to uh, make some noise here. This is a top heavy field. This is a course that I think basically rewards the, the best course managers who happen to be the best players on tour. Uh, and so I think, you know, realistically, your pool of potential winners is probably about 10 people, you know, 10 players deep here. And, um, you know, I think of where I am relative to market, I'm a little higher on Shane Lowry than the market. I'm a little cooler on Patrick Cantley. I'm a little cooler on John Rahm uh, and I'm about right on Scheffler, McElroy and Justin Thomas of sort of the, uh, uh, you know, the major players here. Um, Core, you know, Colin Morikawa and Cameron Smith are two players that are interesting to me because people have kind of cooled on them when you know they do have sort of the skill set that I think thrives at a course like uh, Southern Hills. So those are uh, interesting prices to me. But uh, this is a, a tournament where I'm going to get pretty heavy in the head-to-heads, I believe, uh, just based on uh, small edges that I see relative to market for some of the top guys in this field.
4: Is it more of a backing head-to-head situation or more of a pick on and fade certain guys?
3: Well, the th- the two I mentioned were perfect storm of I'm low on Hovland and Shoffley. Like Shoffley is out of my top ten, um, and you know market wide, that's a little bit of a, a I'm out on a limb there. Similarly, Hovland is uh, on the cusp of my top fifteen, where I have uh, Hideki as uh, you know sixth overall. So there, I'm I know for sure I'm warmer on mar- than market on Hideki and cooler on those other two, and they just happen to be matched up. Um, which is a nice, uh, a nice little, uh, uh, you know, circumstance. Similarly, a um, uh, guy that's down the list that I think could do pretty well here, you know, and and this is kind of coming from a lot of the player quotes about Southern Hills and the, you know, what is a decent analog on tour, and um, they're all kind of pointing to Colonial as sort of uh the you know the best uh, analog as far as a course goes and jason kokrak uh, performed exceptionally well at colonial last year i think he's uh definitely on the long side of price at the minor at the 125 to one range uh so i like kokrak at uh, at a top 20 at plus 375 uh, and i took him in a couple head-to-heads as well
4: drew is also the only guest that will come on here and use the word analog which i love <laughs> um it's phenomenal so speaking so, of analogs, yes
3: Rome, Roland Garros, um,
4: decent analog. Let's do it, man. Well, so here's the deal. By the way, our podcast. So Drew is uh, kind enough to join me on the uh, beating the book podcast. We're going to do all the slams. Our buddy Dan Weston uh, texted me from a cruise ship. He's uh, off the. Uh, he's off Palma de Mallorca, I believe. Uh, And he's like, hey, I might not be able to make it this week, but I'll be back for Wimbledon. So we lose Dano because he's on like the greatest cruise ship on planet Earth. And I was like, I'd probably do that too, rather than coming on my silly podcast. But yes, let's talk about that. Uh, So the French Open, by the way, last thing real quick. So you won't have any outrights on the PGA beforehand?
3: nothing uh I I mean I'll have a little I have a little sprinkle on Hideki yet like I think I, I think I found a 33 or 32 to one uh that I that is you know at this point okay. it's been bet he's been bet down to like the 24 25 to one range um and I have a little nibble on coke Rack in case the analog uh happens to be uh you know the key to this handicap because he's at he was at 125. yeah uh which is uh would be a fun way to that, celebrate the that weekend, would so. be
4: a fun way to celebrate <laughs> the weekend and Shawfley, who you don't like by the way coming off the 11-under uh, 61 final round, which is the most Xander Shoffley thing ever, right? Yeah. To do yeah. that uh, from, you know, with no pressure on him whatsoever at the yeah. ridiculous AT&T Byron Nelson. Okay, to the French Open, which they're in qualifiers right now. The draw mm-hmm. comes out on Thursday. The tournament itself begins on Sunday. So just to give people the schedule on this. And I, I guess, because we only have three minutes here on this show, I guess to, my question would be this. The... The overriding comment that I have made is, look, uh, when talking about this now, I'm sorry, I hope you've been following the show, but you know when I, <laughs> you know when I made my Iga bets, you know when I made my Carlos bets. Yeah, honestly, on the men's side, it, it's Carlos, it's Joker, and you have to give Nadal the respect, even though he's got injury. If it's anybody besides those three, I'd be shocked, with apologies to Stefanos Titsipas. On the women's side, can I sit here and recommend anyone besides Iga? I, I can't. 28 matches in a row, Uh, was it 42 of her last 43 sets, I believe it is, Uh, her five last tournaments in a row, and so we are now approaching Steffi Graf, Monica Sellis territory, especially on clay, right, and so I guess those are the topic sentences, do you disagree with any of that?
3: So let me write this down. You're saying there's a player named Iga that I should be looking into. <laughs> yes, that's right. For, it's so funny. It's people who land this
4: player, right? Yes. And people, she's good on clay. People who land <laughs> now on the show, they're like, Hey, you got to hear about this player named Iga. Gil. I don't know if you've heard about it. I'm like, ah, perhaps you're new around here. Uh, <laughs> kind of thing. I, so, so let me just twist it around. Let me ask it a different way. If I yeah. came to you from the future and I yeah. said, Oh my God, Drew, Iga yeah. didn't win. And Rafa, Joker, and Carlos didn't win. Who's yeah. the
3: one player on both sides that did? Uh, well, the, the news of Iga not winning would knock me out of my chair. Yeah. Um, I, would be, I would be less surprised if she wins this tournament without dropping a set than I would be if she loses. There you go. Um, and that's an incredible place to be as far as being head and shoulders above the field. And um, we can look at this. You can cut this two ways. EGA is this good. Yes. The field is particularly weak, though, coming into this tournament. Like everyone else with any kind of a clay pedigree, any kind of quality, you know, game on clay is out of form right now, frankly. And, you know, just as you look down should simona help even really be the second choice here i don't yeah. think so she's yeah. been playing quite poorly and you know she's on you know the aging curve looks like it's kind of crashing down on her quality to a degree uh but has been wildly out of form this year she looks like she's kind of quietly carrying an injury Sabalenka. <laughs> Uh, she's not going to break through at the French open. That's an incra- crazy price. Is Krachikova even going to play? Uh, she, she's really your fifth choice for this start of it. Are you kidding me? Um, you know, and you know, so I think of the, of those kind of names in the second tier, they're all crazy prices. Uh, I think Zachary and owns Jabor are two interesting players to potentially win qu- their qu- respective quarters. Um, and of all of the women in the field, the only one that has sort of had, um, you know, had, had Iga's number and has, you know, kind of blackout high level, you know, in, uh, with no pressure on her type of potential is Zachary. And even that is a tough ask. And like, you need that to be a perfect storm where Zachary's coming in and she's got no pressure on her and Iga has all the pressure in the world and she somehow folds. But, uh, what I'm basically saying is that this is Iga's to lose and it's really going to take, um, uh, something special for her to, you know, not get this, uh, on the men's side. I agree. I think it's a two man race. I've completely ruled out Nadal. Yeah. I have no no I have no stake on him at all at this point. I think it's uh, Alcaraz or Djokovic and I'm going to lean Djokovic just because of the experience and because his draw is going to be better.
4: Wouldn't surprise me even though I have the great numbers on Alcaraz 11 to 1 wouldn't surprise me at all Joker. And I, and I only include include Nadal out of respect out of 13. Quite. Yeah. Yeah, you have to. Yeah. The podcast will be great though cuz we'll have the draw, we'll have matches, we'll have quarter bets. It'll be awesome. Thank you,
3: Drew. The Numbers Game with Gil Alexander on Visa, the sports betting network.
4: The Visa Spring Special is here for only fifty-nine dollars. You get everything Visa has to offer from now to the end of July. The next few months filled with the best betting content in the business, right here at Visa.com. And subscribers will have access. To all of it, every nugget, Adam Burke's daily MLB best bets, JVT's NBA best bets through the finals, Andy McNeil, who'll join us later, breaking down all the action on the ice all the way through the Stanley Cup playoffs, NFL preseason coverage, not to mention continued best bets and premium articles covering golf, UFC, USFL, and NASCAR, the full Visa experience, which features daily best bet email, every edition of Point Spread Weekly, use of our betting tools and a live video stream whenever you want it. Cost is only $59 to be a subscriber through July 31st. Sign up now at slash spring. NBA draft lottery tonight. Always exciting. Never bettable. But just, you know, sort of a, a walk down uh, draft lottery memory lane. Not draft lottery memory lane, but just bad picks. By the way, the NBA draft itself is not till June 23rd. We have to wait another month and a week till the actual draft. But uh, 2017 which has relevance to this postseason. Danny Ainge with quite the trade. Trading down, Sixers end up taking Markel Fultz, number one. Danny Ainge just chilling at three. After the Lakers take Alonzo Ball at two, and he takes Jason Tatum at three. Pretty, pretty good. 2018, by the way. Aiton first, okay. Marvin Bagley second to the uh to the Sacramento Kings that followed quickly by once again implications to this particular NBA postseason Luca ends up getting picked by the Atlanta Hawks at 3 Trey Young at 5 and those two swap And again, on the next day reaction, we were all about how Dallas fleeced Atlanta. I think we can all admit Trey Young ended up being a much better pro than we thought, those of us in that camp. But still, would you still say you'd rather have a perhaps generational player in Luka over Trey Young?
5: Forget that. The Kings taking Bagley is territory. That's why I bring it up.
4: Yeah, I mean, look, okay, since you bring that up. Shall we go back to great moments in, uh, in draft history here? Number, Please. Because let there's so many of these. Now, this is before you and I can remember, Jeff, but 1972, the Blazers picked someone named LaRue Martin with the number one overall pick, passing up on Julius Irving and Bob McAdoo, who, had, who ended up being all of famers. There's so many of these. Let me take these into, uh, into more modern day. Uh, how about this one? How do, you, how do you like this one for size? I'll try this one oversized number one pick 1998 Michael Oluwakandi to the Los Angeles Clippers in doing so the Clippers passed up Vince Carter, Dirk Nowinski and Paul Pierce didn't age very well for the Clippers did it what do you think is the worst one of all time I mean, there's so many of these they're so bad Sean Bradley number two in 1993 to the Sixers Sixers uh, passed up Penny Hardaway, Jamal Mashburn, Vin Baker And for those who don't remember Penny Hardaway, at one point he was the greatest player on earth in Michael Jordan's absence.
5: I'm just going through more recent ones. Oh, nine. Yeah. uh, Memphis Grizzlies take Hashim to beat. Oh, I remember. James Harden goes three to the Thunder. That Curry went seven in that draft. Oh, my God. That's a terrible one. Well, that was Johnny Flynn. One pick before Steph Curry by the Timberwolves.
4: Kwame Brown going to the Wizards at number one in 2001. Passing up... uh, Pal Gasol, Tyson Chandler, Tony Parker, Joe Johnson, or Zach Randolph. <laughs> these are so bad. Oh man. But you know, some of these like you can't even blame them, right? Like the Jordan draft. You can't blame the the Blazers for not taking Jordan. That's why I don't I don't think the Sam Bowie one should be in
5: that list because they had Drexler. You wouldn't have drafted Jordan either. The one that the one that stands out to me in that one is another Portland first overall pick is 07. When it took Greg Oden over Durant. Okay, but even that
4: one, though, I can't consider because I think
5: every I don't know about everyone, but most people would have drafted Oden. Oh, no, I'm, I'm saying that's in yeah. the category of. Yeah. Oh, of that. Yeah. Of yeah. that. Like, yeah, yeah in, in, in hindsight, 2020, it's absolutely horrendous. But at the time, Oden was absolutely considered the best prospect in that draft. Just didn't work.
4: Yeah, I mean, he was 64 years old at that
5: time, but still, that's a different <laughs> right. story.
4: Uh, Steve Stepanovich, number two in uh, 1983. I'll only do a few more of these to the Pacers instead of Clyde Drexler, Byron Scott, Daryl Harper, Jeff Malone. <laughs> Jeff Malone ended up being the best player on the, uh, the Bullets for years and years and years. And then I, I think the, I, Adam Morrison, number three in 2006 of the Charlotte Hornets instead of Brandon Roy, Rudy Gay, Kyle Lowry, JJ Redick, Ray Jean Rondo. And then, uh, Den- oh, one more, two more. Dennis Hobson, number three, 1987, instead of, oh, this is a good one. Dennis Hobson from Ohio State to the New Jersey Nets, number three in 1987, instead of Scotty Pippen, Reggie Miller, Kevin Johnson, Kenny Smith, or Mark Jackson.
6: Oh, oh, man. boy.
4: That's a good one. Oh, man. And on and on and on. But I, I think the is isn't Darko the, the king of all of this? Let me just skip ahead to Darko. Darko's the king of all of this, I think. Uh, number 2 to the Detroit Pistons in 19, excuse me in 2003 Darko Milicic to the to the Detroit Pistons pass he, Joe Dumars had a choice of Milicic Carmelo Anthony Dwayne Wade or Chris Bosh <laughs> and he went Darko
5: Now that draft's going to have four hall of famers in the top 5 in Darko
4: yeah so there's that and by the way, the, uh, the four teams, the four teams that, are, uh, that were at the bottom of the, dr- that were, you know, first four in draft lottery order last year are the first four this year. Houston, Orlando, Detroit, Oklahoma City, welcome back. Now, the opposite place you want to be, obviously, is in the NBA Finals. And you can bet on MVP for the NBA Finals, You can bet on MVP now for both the Western and Eastern Conference finals as well. These are now named after Magic Johnson and Larry Bird, the conference finals, respectively, West and East. And so when we look at these, I'm wondering if there's a bet by proxy. And generally speaking, you know how in the NFL we're like, oh, well, if you want to if the Kansas City Chiefs, are going to win the Super Bowl title, you might as well bet Patrick Mahomes. And we say that at the beginning of the postseason. There's always something by proxy. Where, you know, again, Tom Brady instead of the Bucks two years ago worked out for a lot of people. I'm not seeing a whole bunch of this in the NBA markets. Let's just do the conference ones first. Eastern Conference, Jason Tatum is your short shot, minus, oh, he's your, he's your favorite, minus 120. Jimmy Butler is two to one. Now, would if I said to you, you know, that's the problem, right? If I said to you, I'm on the heat, I like the heat at plus 150, I haven't made that bet yet, but I'm considering it. Would I rather take that or would I take Jimmy Butler two to one? I think the answer is the Heat plus one fifty. Because as much as I love Jimmy Butler, I could see that going around to different players. Jalen Brown's nine to one. Bam is twelve to one. Everybody else is thirty to one or longer. Would you take a? I mean, if you bet this, don't you have to take a thirty to one or longer? Take a flyer. I think if you bet this, you have to take a shot
5: on Tyler Hero, right? At forty to one, man, yeah, why not? Yeah, I think that's the way I would do that here in the Eastern Conference side. Bam at 12 to 1 is kind of intriguing, also. Marcus Smart at 30 to 1 is Yeah, kind of I, the, the, I would definitely not lay $1.20 with Tatum. I, that, that's for certain here. As good as he was in that last series. The key phrase if you bet this. Correct. Western Conference MVP, or the Magic Johnson trophy,
4: if you will, as opposed to the Larry Joe Bird trophy. Western Conference, Steph Curry, no surprise, minus 125, Warriors favorites. He's your, he's your favorite to win MVP. Lucas, 2 to 1. Now, would you take? I think you probably do the. You probably bet Luca here at two to one. If you can't find the Mavericks at two to one, that 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 would be the play here. Yes. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. Now the problem is, are the limits the same? That's another story. But Luca two to one. If you're a Mavericks person, everybody else is double digits. Now, I don't even know if there's anything else I want to comment here. But if we go to the Western, if we go to the NBA Finals, this is where I think. There are some long shot value. So NBA Finals, which obviously is going to be two of the four teams, the NBA Finals trophy has only been given out to a player on the losing team once. And that was the first year of this trophy's existence, the Finals MVP trophy's existence, 1969, when the logo Jerry West, most famously to a new generation, murdered on winning time, Jerry West, the only player on a losing team to ever win the NBA Finals MVP. So you gotta be on the winning team, is basically what we're saying. Steph is two to one, Tatum is plus two seventy five, Jimmy Butler six to one, and Lucas seven to one. So basically your conviction on whichever team ought to guide you here. Steph is too short though. So if I'm a Warriors guy, which I am, aren't I taking a Jordan Poole twenty five to one here? Isn't that the way to play this?
5: Clay. Or Clay, eighteen to one. Yeah, Clay. One or the two. That's that. That's a huge narrative. If Clay plays well in that series, and and it's somewhat close oh, between yeah. him and Steph, they're giving it to Clay.
4: Yeah, I could argue Jordan's got a narrative too, but Clay is the more, is the, Clay the, more is the touchy one feely one. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, I'm with you. But if you are a Mavericks person, don't you take the Luka seven one right now and call it a day?
5: Well, let's put it this way: if Dallas wins the NBA championship, it is because Luka Doncic is so far and away the best player remaining in this postseason. So, yes, <laughs> to answer your question, a resounding yes. You mean you mean uh,
4: Spencer Dinwiddie's not going to win the NBA Finals trophy? I'm thinking you're right.
5: There are no other Mavs listed in the in the
4: top uh, top twelve, uh, as there shouldn't be. Anyway, creative ways to bet uh, the remainder of the NBA season by proxy where the opportunities do exist. We'll come back. Premier
0: League picks from Paul Carr next.
6: Okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: A numbers game. With Gil Alexander on v the sports betting network.
4: Discover BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Sign up today and win $200 if you place a $10 wager on any NBA playoff game and either team hits a three regardless of your bet's outcome. Simply use bonus code v 200 when you place your first bet to take advantage of the offer. Enjoy the playoffs more than ever with BetMGM. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer. Offer all promotions subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit for Bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call one eight hundred GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi, Nevada, or New York. Skill Alexander. We get tweets at beating the book. Always appreciate the feedback. Uh, this is from. Oh, uh, this is this is from, <laughs> this is from uh, apparently Fox Five Las Vegas tweeted out something that a woman is accused of stealing a uh, fifty thousand dollars watch and fifty thousand dollars in cash from a man at a hotel on the Strip. And Mike Alvarez tweets into uh, both me and. Uh, and uh, VR, obviously, he was not a Las Vegas lifestyle podcast episode listener. That is correct. That would have uh, that would have steered you clear of such crimes. Teasers and parlays. Gil, I fully agree with you about Miami flying under the radar. I bet them for the series as soon as the lines became available. Do you factor in coaching when it comes uh, this late in the playoffs? I feel Miami has an advantage here. Uh, Ime Udoka has been great, I thought. Nothing wrong with him. Spolster's great too. Is there? I mean, if you forced me to pick Spolster, but I, I don't know that there's a. I think in previous series we we tried betting that right. Um, the the obvious Spolstra versus Doc Rivers uh, comparison in the in the last series. I don't know that we have that as much anymore. But yes, it's always a factor. Prime time. I was hoping uh, Drew was going to explain why his analog is such a hater of Scam Nori. Yeah, that, that did not happen. Uh, and this all will Ron Burgundy through this one. Z Free said uh, 07 Blazers had billboards around the city honk once for Odin twice for Durant the day of the draft they opened the stadium for the pick and it was full fans rushed the court in celebration weeks later there was another rally at Pioneer Square he played 82 games. yeah but again we we give the Blazers a pass on that one because I think everybody I don't know about everybody but most people would have drafted Greg Odin at that time let's bring him in ladies and gentlemen he's been the hottest handicapper on the planet this year doing soccer, Premier League primarily. You can follow him at Paul Carr on Twitter. Works for True Media Networks and, of course, is the host of the Expected Value Podcast. It's Paul Carr. How you doing,
7: Paulie? I'm doing well. Uh, I cashed my Steve Stepanovich ticket <laughs> mentioned on the show. Yes. just Missouri Tiger alum, so yes. we're good to go.
4: Steve Stepanovich, second pick of the draft. Oh, some brutal picks in, in retrospect, man. So bad. Uh, yeah. Okay, so you have you have a bunch of stuff that you have bet season long. Let me just get an update on some of these. So let's do these one sure. by one. I'll go to the phone. Uh, right. Golden boot. You had a 40 yeah. to one play. How's that looking?
7: This, this kind of came out of nowhere the last few weeks and looks great now. Uh, so I had 40 to one on Sun young men from Tottenham uh, to be the golden boot winner. He's only one behind Mosala now. And most Salah got hurt on, in the cup FA cup final over the weekend. So he's not playing today for Liverpool, who knows if he's going to play on Saturday? Uh, so I'm in a good spot to hedge. I haven't done it yet. I'm just kind of waiting to see if the sala news, you know, because if he doesn't play Saturday or Sunday, rather, maybe you can get a better price on him and most places like check your books, but most places, if they share it, you just get paid a half. So I get paid at 20 to one on sun. For example, you gave that. So out I'm in a really the... good spot for that.
4: You gave that out on the show. Didn't you? I did. Yeah. Well, people wrote yeah. it, man. Oh Me boy.
7: Too. Very exciting. Two more games left. Two games left for Liverpool. Most teams have one. Okay. There's a, a game today with Liverpool. We'll talk about just a couple games Thursday. And then everybody plays on Sunday in the grand finale. All right. Uh, you also had a, a bet. Top four. We're always talking about Champions League qualification. You had a bet on Arsenal. Boy, I had Arsenal plus 150. Uh, I think I talked to Jeff about this in maybe March, April. Uh, and it looked great. Last week, Arsenal's like 80% to get in the top four and then they lost to Tottenham and they lost to Newcastle yesterday. And now they're at like 4% to make it. So uh, I did hedge that on Tottenham. So I'm, I'm going to come out. Okay. There. Oh. But yeah, yeah. I was so happy about it. Even two weeks ago, 10 days ago, a week ago. And then not so much.
4: You are on the cusp of all of these, man. Uh, Ever- Everton is a relegation future. It looks like you're going to be on the, uh, on the inside looking out, I think is how yeah. we
7: call this. Yes. Got them at plus 333. It was kind of right at the beginning of their tailspin, but then they somehow ride the ship the last couple of weeks, got a couple of big wins. They still got like a one out of 10 shot of going down, but they need a lot of things to go wrong. It's still possible. Um, I haven't figured out if I can hedge this somehow because Leeds and Burnley, it's a little tricky because both teams could. Take that last relegation spot. So there might be a chance here to, to pull some value out of it. But uh, yeah, I was very happy again two weeks ago and now not so much.
4: All right. Three other things you're sweating and, and you've given all, you gave them all out on this show as well. You had a, a, a total, a points total on Southampton. Uh, that yeah. looks, oh, you're in the driver's seat, I think.
7: Yeah this is kind of the opposite where a month ago I, I chalked this up as a loss. And then Southampton has lost four of the last five games at home and just not playing well at all. So I have them under 43 and a half. They have 40 points with two games left. Uh, one of those games is against Liverpool today that we'll talk about. So if they don't win this game or if they lose this game, the bet wins, if they uh, draw this game, they have to win their finale. So yeah, I feel great about that one. After again, a month ago, I just chalked it up as a loss. These are amazing,
4: though, that they're all either going to make it or just miss on all these. Yeah. Here, Here's one. Chelsea to win the league in a market without City and Liverpool.
7: So, this was a, this, yeah. yeah, you look good right here. This is a fun one. And, again, this one should have cashed two weeks ago. It's still almost certainly going to cash because Chelsea hosts Watford in the finale. And so they just need basically a point from the last two games. And if you can't get at least a point at home against Watford, well, then – you just deserve to lose all your bets. Um, yeah. So yeah, so I feel good about that one. I have a Liverpool to win the league ticket too. Yeah. That's probably not going to happen. That was five to one. Uh, but again, we're getting a sweat down to the last weekend, so I was can't complain was too much in some ways. Fun while it lasted, anyway. With that one, yeah, yeah. The Liverpool uh, draw against
4: Tottenham is kind of what ended that trauma. Yeah, Man City up four. Man City's got one game left. Liverpool with two games left. Okay, I mean that's fun. That's a that's a bunch of bets
6: that yeah. are it's,
4: you know most of them in contention. For sure. This is,
7: I mean, just for me personally, yeah. they're fun bets. They're fun to track all season. Uh, you know, cash to Manchester United under points bet uh, uh, with seven or eight games to spare. They're just a fun thing to track over the course of the season. Every weekend, even if you don't have a bet on whatever the man, United game, the Brentford game, the Southampton game, you kind of keep an eye on it and see. Uh, so it's a, for me, it's a fun thing to go over the course of the season. And it's always nice when your preseason handicapping kind of matches how things play out, both from a uh, season-long bet standpoint. And, you know, I've been betting against Manchester United a lot this year and had a lot of success there. So that's always nice.
4: Sure does, man. Okay, so uh, we have one pick for tomorrow. There's another one on Thursday. We're going to bring it back, but we got time to talk about both okay. of them now. Let's talk about yeah. tomorrow's. What do you got
7: tomorrow? Yeah. So, th- so this one's today, actually. Oh, uh, today? I'm so sorry. Southampton. It was okay. tomorrow yesterday. Oh yes. When, when no, I sent sorry. you the notes. I'm so right? Sorry. Apologize. Oh, all good. Yeah. So I, I made this play on Thursday and I'm not as crazy about it now, but I, it's Liverpool, uh, given a goal and a half out at Southampton plus one five was my price. Uh, it's the price is close to like minus minus one fifteen now, which I'd probably stay away from unless I can get closer to even money. Uh, I mean, it, the case for this is simple. Liverpool needs to win. They really need to win by multiple goals to have any Chance really to catch City in the title race. Uh, the downside here is that Mosala is out. Virgil van Dyke is out for Liverpool, their top defender. Uh, Southampton has nothing to play for, it's their last home game. I don't know what that means. It could be like Newcastle yesterday where they were just fired up against Arsenal. It could be like Watford over the weekend where they just laid down against Leicester City. So uh, I I don't know what that means, but this is just a simple, you know, Liverpool's a lot better. Even without Salah, they have attacking talent and Diogo Jota and Firmino and Luis Diaz and all these guys. Um, So, you know, it's a little bit square, but I still like Liverpool laying a goal and a half at plus 105.
4: Liverpool laying a goal and a half. And let me just say, not only is it today, but it's 15 minutes earlier than normal. Am I saying that correctly?
7: Yeah, I think it is a little bit earlier. They some of these times get wacky in this last week of the season. Yeah, so that's going to jam all these games in.
4: That's going to trip up some people. You know, people inevitably wait till the last moment. They're going to think it's noon Pacific, three p.m. Eastern. It's actually fifteen minutes earlier. So Southampton and Liverpool at uh, two forty-five p.m. Eastern, eleven forty-five Pacific.
7: And then there is another play on Thursday. Yes, this one's Thursday. This is uh, I'd forgotten that Leicester had another away game, so I was pretty excited to spot this on the schedule. This is what I played. I think I played it. 10 times this year, and eight of them have hit. It's, it's Leicester away games, both teams to score. So, pretty simple here. Uh, you can get a good price at minus 110 on this. Uh, Leicester has Jamie Vardy back. Their offense has been looking pretty good the last few games. Chelsea doesn't have much to play for, they've clinched a Champions League spot. Uh, They haven't officially clinched third, but that's mostly a formality. Uh, Leicester's, again, attack good, defense bad. They're giving up lots of shots and opportunities, and they've been creating pretty good ones going forward themselves. So I think they get a goal. I think Chelsea gets a goal. I like both teams to score. Uh, The number is 22 out of 25 of Leicester's last 25 away games both teams have scored.
4: All right. So today, Liverpool minus the goal in the half at Southampton, and then Thursday, the old BTTS, both teams to score, Chelsea and Leicester City Um, and all of those season long bets man that's awesome what a uh, what a great you know bunch of those that are all in contention or at least most in contention uh, minus Liverpool let's say to win it all so good on you man we will have you back again right there's still another
7: week of this you think Yep. Yep. Sunday's the final day of the Premier League season Champions League finals the week after that so we got a few more left in the European we look forward to it let's go Paul
4: Carr, right. whose a nine or ten game, ten week streak did get broken, but he's back doing his thing. Thank you, Paul. Appreciate it, man.
7: You bet. Have a good weekend. You too, week.
4: Paul Carr. Everybody, have a good weekend. He remains. He'll be back Friday. We're all we're all messed up. We'll come back. Mark Borchard from an undisclosed location, somewhere in the desert. Next on
0: baseball.
2: to start listening.